People have been asking, and it is finally here. My next live event called Work On Your Game Live will be taking place February 3rd and 4th, 2023, here in beautiful, sunny Miami, Florida, where it's 80 degrees and sunny every single day. If you want to get in person the live game that I talk about here on this show all the time, the mindset, the strategy, the accountability, the execution, meet me directly, work with me directly for two full days. If you want to meet other like-minded people who are serious about working on their game, Go to workonyourgame.live, get your ticket to the event. It's two full days here in Miami. I will see you at Work On Your Game Live. Again, that is workonyourgame.live. Get your ticket to this event. This is an event that you do not want to miss. If you want a reason to travel to Miami in the middle of the winter, if you want a reason to invest in yourself for your personal and professional development, you want a reason to take your game to the next level when it comes to your mentality, your strategies, your plans of actions, your systems for executing, and getting things done so you can produce results in this results-based business we call life. Go to workonyourgame.live, get your ticket, and I will see you at the event. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. You have to play both games at the same time. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach too. Hey you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game, DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative that is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is know what the real game is. And I'll get into where that's coming from, give you some background. Then we'll get into the topic in a moment. But first, let me tell you, I have a daily motivation message that I send out by text to everyone who is in my text community. This is a message that I guarantee, yes, guarantee is going to keep you focused, sharp and on point for the day that is in front of you. If you would like to receive this message so I can prove myself right, all you got to do is text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. And every day when I send out the daily motivation text, because you're in my text community and only because of that, you'll be receiving this message straight to your phone free of charge. Second thing is, if you have not yet claims your free copy in my book called The Mirror of Motivation. This book is all about how you show up and be your 
best self so that you can do what you need to do and have what you want to have. You can see the book right here, the self-guide, self-discipline, being the best version of yourself. So you can do what you need to do and get the results you want in life. I'll give you a free copy of that book. All you got to do is go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Just tell me where to send it. And the third thing is go to workonyourgame.net. All you business-minded folks who are interested in making more money in your business, I will lay out a five-step system that I created for increasing the revenue in your business without you running yourself into the ground and doing it, I'm talking like this year, like the next 90 days doing it. If you're interested in that, go to workonyourgame.net. All that said, let's get to today's topic, which is knowing what the real game is. First of all, I talked about playing the game and understanding how to play the game in some episodes of this show, so many that I'm not going to list them all, but in episode 1745, I told you about why you can't ignore the game within the game when you're trying to get seen. In episode 1665, I told you how the game will elevate you. In episode 1588, how to stop watching the game and start playing it. Episode 1447, the game does not love you. Episode 1314, how to play the game. And in episode 1210, don't complain, play the game. I'm laying all those out to help you understand that when I say the game, because this show is called Work On Your Game, is understanding that there's always a game that is being played in any industry that you step into, any space you step into, there's a game being played. And oftentimes, unfortunately, many people don't even know that there's a game within the game that they think they're in. They think they're in one business, but they're actually in another. And they realize only when it's too late that they were in a completely different industry than what they thought they were in. So what we're going to talk about here today is how to play the real game as it is. So to tell you where this came from, I was at a marketing conference earlier this year where they created this award that they were going to give a trophy to the best bootstrapped business of the year. Those of you who don't know what bootstrap means, it basically means to start a business where you don't take any type of venture funding or anything like that. You basically just build your business and you do everything just off of the money in your pocket and the money that your business generates. You reinvest into your business, build your business just off of that. You don't get any outside funding from anyone else. So according to the dictionary, it says bootstrapper is a person who relies on their own resources to solve a problem or pursue an undertaker. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in business. It's just being anything. You just solve your own problems and you don't get outside help to solve your problems. Now, there are times when it makes sense to get outside help to solve problems. This is why I've told you many times on this show that you need to have yourself a coach. You need to have extra set of eyes on your issues. And there are also times when you just need to figure things out on your own. So at this conference, they had this award that they gave out to the person who was the best bootstrapped business because it's all about building the business on your own without taking outside resources, okay? Now, ostensibly, this award was a business award, right? Who has the best bootstrapped business? But what it really was, when I looked into what was actually happening, and I wrote an article about this in the October 2022 issue of my Bulletproof Bulletin magazine, which goes out to everyone who's a member of my university, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com, and you can schedule a time to get on a call with me if you want to be part of the university, and I'll send you the back issue that you may have already missed. This is ostensibly a business award, but it really was a popularity contest and a speech contest, not a quality of business contest. Because the way it was laid out was each, they had like eight different categories. So in each of the eight categories, they named who the winner was. And the winner was decided by an online vote ahead of the conference. So the only way you even got one of the eight awards in each category was you had to be popular because you had to win the vote. And then each of the eight people who won, they got to give a quick couple minutes, maybe three minute speech about themselves and their business. And then after each of the eight people gave a speech, then there was another vote right there on the spot. Everybody in the room got to vote amongst the eight people who's the number one winner and the number one winner. They got to give a longer speech after the vote happened. So one person ended up winning. 
And I'm looking at this whole thing and I started to write my notes for this very episode while I'm sitting in the auditorium listening to these guys give a speech. And I said, all right, this is not a business competition. This is a speech competition. And this is a popularity contest. That's the only reason any of these people even won the first trophy, let alone the second trophy. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing, but it made me think while I was watching this unfold and it led to what we're going to talk about here today. Now, again, you want to read the details of me explaining everything that happened here. You read the October 2022 issue of my Bulletproof Bulletin magazine, which I send out to everyone who is a member of my coaching programs in Work On Your Game University. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. There'll be a link there where you can go to schedule a time to get on the call with me. If you become a member of my university, just remind me to send you a back issue of that 2022 October issue and you can read it for yourself. Let's get into it. Point number one. Topic once again is know what the real game is, because the real game in this particular situation that I just gave you is that they said it was a business award, but it wasn't a business award. You had to give a good speech and be popular award because you had the best business in the world. But if you're not good at giving speeches, this particular award, the way things were set up, you would not win. So it had nothing to do with the merits of your business, it had to do with the merits of your ability to give a public speech, which are two completely different things. Let's get into it. Point number one, the real game in life is rarely what you are being shown on the surface. So I'll give you another example from my own life. When I was in college at Penn State Altoona, early 2000s, the coach who recruited me to Altoona, he ended up losing his job and he was replaced by a different coach. Now, the new coach replacing the old coach was not a quality of coaching decision. You would think, right, that if a coach gets fired in sports and a new coach takes their place, that the reason that the new coach replaced the old coach is that the people in charge believe that the new coach is better at coaching than the old coach. Well, that's what they want you to think. But is that actually true? Most of the time, it is not. Most of the time, it has very little to do with why the coaching change actually took place. Now, many times it does, but many times it doesn't. There were, in this situation, there were political games taking place. There were relationship issues, people liking or not liking other people that led to all of this happening. And our old coach, because he could basically read the tea leaves, he could see the writing on the wall before he even lost his job. He said, they're not going to hire me. All right, he knew that he was going to lose his job. And Basically, the way they did it was they opened up the job to anyone to get it. And he could actually apply for his own job again. But he knew he wasn't going to get the job. He basically told us that when he first broke the news. And he told us, look, the people who are in charge, the administration of the athletic department here at Penn State Altoona, there's some people in there who simply do not like me on a personal level. And because of that, I know I'm not going to get this job. So y'all going to have a new coach next year. He told us that from the very beginning. And he explained the politics that was behind the entire situation. But when I talked to the athletic director, because I was a student athlete on campus at the time. So when I seen her, she would talk to me. She knew who I was. And she talked as if they were just trying to find the best possible coach. And it was all bullshit. It was a political thing. Now, she couldn't say that out loud, but that was exactly what was happening. And this is my point. In life, people will tell you one thing. The, the front facing, the public news will be is one thing. But the real thing is that it's something different. And if you think you're playing one game, but the game is actually something else, you'll be getting the right answers to the wrong questions. So you see why we talk about insight so often here on the show, so that you need to understand what game you're actually in besides the game that everyone tries to pretend that we're in. And many players, based on that coaching change at my college at that year, many players' careers ended because of that coaching change, because the new coach didn't keep a lot of the old players, not because they couldn't play. Again, is because the new coach wanted to bring in their own people. It had nothing to do with skill on the actual basketball court and the basketball team got worse the next year than they had been the previous year. So I thought the coaching team is supposed to make the team better. So again, this is all part of the bigger game that you don't get told on the surface. This is why you have to have the skill of discernment to see what's really going on. 
solve the unsolved mysteries and find out what's really happening in situations, not just what people tell you is happening. Because again, oftentimes people, especially when they're in a position of power, they have a vested interest in making you believe something other than what the actual truth is, because the actual truth might expose them a little bit too much. So the more you experience in life and the more things you see and the more critical of a thinker you become, the more you will start to notice that the story you are told differs from the actual truth. Many times the people who are in charge, again, will not and should not, in their defense, they should not articulate or directly admit what the real game is because if they admitted what the real game was, it would severely alter the dynamic of what they're trying to sell. So for example, this conference that I'm talking about where they gave out this bootstrapper of the year award, if they were to admit what I just explained, because what I just explained is 100% accurate, that that was not a business value of your business contest. It was not how good is your business contest. It was a speech contest. It was a popularity contest. If they admitted that, that, hey, this award is really just a popularity contest. And if you can give a good three minute speech, you'll win the trophy. If they admitted that, then the whole value of the award would diminish. The award wouldn't mean anything because the idea of the award is you built this great business. That's why you got a trophy. But the only way you get the trophy is to win votes. So if the whole award is based on votes, then it's a popularity contest. That's what voting means. Voting is a popularity contest. So when there's a governor's race or Congress or presidential election in America, that is not a quality of your ability to govern contest. That's a popularity contest. That's all it is. But again, if people said this out loud, then we would lose trust in or people would just kind of lose. Let's just call it trust. We just wouldn't trust the system the same way, even though anybody can point this out. I mean, it's plainly obvious that that's exactly what it is. But people try to pretend that it's something else. Now, this guy who won the bootstrapper of the year award, the guy who won the award at this conference, did he necessarily have the best bootstrap business? Well, we have no damn idea. We'll never know. He won because he was the best speaker. He won because he gave the best speech. He was funny. He was engaging and he was entertaining. He was better than all the other speakers. That's why he won the trophy, because he won the vote right there on the spot. None of us had time. We didn't do a deep dive into their businesses. We got three minutes to decide, is this guy good or is he not? Because this guy good, is he better than them, them, them? That's what it is. But the whole thing would lose its value if they pointed out what was really taking place. I can point it out because it's not my award. If I was running a conference and I was giving out that award, I would probably have to pretend that it was something else too. Now, you get what I'm saying? Point number two, today's topic once again is know what the real game is. Number two, the real game is often obvious when you know where to look. Yet the real game remains unspoken because it doesn't sound as good and you can't package up the real game as neatly as you can package up the fake game, the game that people want you to think it is. So for example, the real job of the educational system in America is for the real job, not the the one they tell you, but the real job, because they tell you that the job is to educate the students and get them ready for the future, right? But what's the real job? The real job is for the superintendent to keep their job and for the system to produce more workers, the system being the educational system, to produce more workers, that's the students. They want to spit out workers so they can be cogs in the overall machine of workers. In other words, they want to train you to get ready to go work a nine to five for the next 40 years of your life so you can retire on about 40% of what you were making during that 40 years. And hopefully you make it till death without needing the job. That's pretty much what the system is designed to do. That's what the American educational system is doing. Now, in order for that to happen, that means tests need to be standardized so that they can create standardized people who will go and be cogs in the machine, even though everybody is unique. All the tests have to be passed, those standardized tests, and the students need to graduate. All of those things need to be happening for the system to keep working the way that it is. And that mandate, here's what happens, because the superintendent is the one who is in charge. So they take their mandate and they pass it down to the principals. The principals pass it down to the counselors and the teachers and the teachers 
then they go and teach what they've been told they need to teach to the students like you and I. And hopefully everything works the way that it's supposed to. I just explained the American educational system in 90 seconds. Now, what does all this mean? Here's the real game. That means that some unqualified students who are not yet ready to graduate, for example, or be promoted, will be promoted to a grade that they're not ready to be promoted to. So this is how you get students. Any of you remember being in school or any, if any of you are teachers or maybe some of you were, you see students in grades where they weren't ready. Right? They clearly did not learn the basics in the previous grade, but somehow they ended up in the next grade. Or you have students who can't read, but they got promoted. How'd you end up in the eighth grade? You can't read. All right, nobody stopped you in third grade and said, yo, this kid can't read. We need to fix this. Or somebody can't do basic arithmetic, but somehow they're in high school. How did this possibly happen? Because the system is designed that if every time a student gets left back, the school looks bad. And if the school looks bad, the principal looks bad. The principal looks bad. The teachers look bad. When teachers look bad, people are going to lose their jobs. But people want to keep their jobs, so they promote students who don't deserve to be promoted. So the teacher looks like they're doing a good job of moving everybody along the principal as well, and the school as well, so everybody can keep their job. This is an entire system. The whole system is designed this way. And to be clear, I'm not the first person to point this out. The system is just so big, and the machine moves so slowly, and there are so many factions who are financially invested in keeping it as it is. That's why it doesn't change, even though what I'm just saying here is not news. To Not news to everybody. Maybe news to some of you, but it's not news to everybody. The real game And so that's what's happening in the educational system. And that's why America is falling behind. And everything I just said there, you might say, well, Dre, you're just saying that. That's just your opinion. It's just your perspective. On the contrary, America is falling behind. We're the richest nation in the world, or allegedly, or at least we used to be. We're falling behind in academic performance compared to other countries. Why? Because we have a jacked up system that does not work and is not producing educated people. That's just a fact. We are not producing educated people through our education system because the real game of the system, even though they say their job is to educate, they're not educating. That's why we're falling behind. That's why we're producing dumber and dumber people who don't know how to think for themselves. But other countries are advancing ahead of us because their system actually works better than our system does. Doesn't mean anybody else's system is perfect, but it's better than what we have. That's the real game of the system is to just move people through it and get you out of there so we can get the next wave of people in there. People are getting paid based off that. The real game of the policing system, for example, moving on to another topic, is to have stats. Real game of policing is you want stats, meaning convictions, parking tickets, harsh sentences. And all of that means because the person in charge in uh, policing is the chief of police. So you got the superintendent in schools, you got the chief of police in the policing district. What do the police do? They pass their mandates down to the sergeants, the sergeants to the lieutenants, the lieutenants to the captains, the captains to the beat cops and the detectives. And they all got to go do what they're being told that they got to do. And if you've seen a TV show, The Wire, you see a great visual of this exact thing happening. And because of this, because of this mandate, what happens? Now you have judges who want to look like they're being tough on crime. They take someone who has done a crime, been convicted of a crime that is worthy of, let's say, a one year sentence, and they give them a three to five year sentence. Why do they give them more years than that than the crime warrants? Because the judge wants to look like they're quote unquote tough on crime. Now, why does the judge want to do that? Because the judge has been told by the chief of police or by the mayor or by the voters in their district that they have been voted into that, hey, you need to be tough on crime. So show us that you're tough on crime by giving out harsh sentences to people who don't even deserve harsh sentences because the game is bigger than just that individual situation. So you get things like harsher convictions than necessary. You get something on a a lower level, a simple level. You get parking ticket cops writing more parking tickets than they need to write because they have been given a mandate by their boss hey, you need to write 200 parking tickets this week 
And when they usually write 100, unless some people go, or you're only a minute over, I'm going to let you go. Instead, they're going to write that ticket for that person who's a minute over because it gets them closer to hitting their stat or writing 200 parking tickets and harsher sentences for people. So all of these kind of things take place. And now even you got people giving lesser sentences to people than what they deserve because they're trying to look like they're not going so hard on certain groups of people based on crimes. So any of you pays attention and you learn to think critically, see through what you're being told. You'll notice these things happening all the time. And again, none of this is new. This stuff happens all the time. And what happens is, let's keep it to the judicial system. I mean, some bullshit charges are going to get pushed through just so somebody can move up in their career. So somebody can get some, do something really simple that they would usually get a hand slap and a fine for, but end up having to do 90 days in jail for it because of it, because they're trying to get another stat of I'll put somebody else behind bars or the exact opposite of that. And that gets pushed through to the beat cops, the detectives, the lieutenants and the sergeants. And then if you work in the system and you notice this, because again, I'm pointing this out here today, but I'm not the first person to point this out. Let's say I worked in the judicial system or I worked in the educational system and I pointed out this stuff that I'm telling you all today. I would be going against the grain. I'm going against the grain of the process. And I run the risk by doing that of getting myself fired. I run the risk of getting chewed up and spit out by the process because I'm going against what many people more powerful than me, if I worked in the system, have a vested interest in maintaining. And this is why these things don't change. So the same thing happens in other places like corporations. Usually, generally speaking, the bigger the organization, the more often this stuff is taking place and the stronger the machine, which means that makes it harder to change the process because the machine is too big, too slow, and there's too many people who don't want you to speak up about something. Now, if there's only 10 people working in the company, you can make, make change really quick. Now, if it's 1,000, it's a little bit harder. If it's 10,000, it's damn near impossible. So this is why you often hear people rail against the educational, political or societal systems, but the system still don't change because the stuff is happening all the time. The system is too big for any one person to make real change take place. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is understanding the real game that is taking place in anything that you do and anywhere you go. Number three. So here's your job. Your job is to know what the real game is and you need to know the surface game. You need to know both. You need to know what people are purporting the game to be, then you know, need to know what's really taking place. The reason why you need to know both is because you have to play both games at the same time. All right, this is the game of politics. This is the game of maneuvering. And all of us have to do this in different spaces. Even if, like me, you're an entrepreneur and you're in charge, you still got to know how to maneuver. You still have to know how to do this because you're going to deal with people who need to be in the maneuvering spaces and you got to be able to relate to and understand their situation in order to help them. You see, if you expose the real game in the wrong way, you can get yourself politically canceled. Now, some people, if you're like me, you may be uncancelable, generally speaking, but you still may need to serve some of the people who are in places where they need to be political. That's why you got to understand it at the same time, even if you're not a piece of it. So don't do this unless you're willing to burn a bridge and you're ready to deal with the backlash. If you want to stay in the game, here's what you do. Learn to play the surface game for what it is and learn to succeed in the real game for what it is. So this requires a balance and you got to have deft political maneuvering skills. You got to know what to pay attention to, what to notice and point out. You also got to understand when it's time to ignore something and act like you don't see it. Even though you did see it, you keep it in the back of your mind, but you act like you didn't see it. So there are times in life, folks, and no matter what you do, there are going to be times in life when you see some bullshit taking place and you have to either act like you didn't see it or you have to learn to accept the bullshit for what it is. Because if you speak out against bullshit every time you see it, you will drive yourself crazy because there's too much bullshit going on for you to address all of it. All right, you will run out of time. Right, you want any time to do your productive things and you're pointing out bullshit all the time. And there's an author by the name of Thomas Sowell. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. But he calls this the constrained vision. 
the constrained vision is in simple terms that human beings are imperfect. And since there are so many imperfect people, all of us, by the way, there are going to be plenty of imperfections to go around anything that we touch, do or create. Anything created by imperfect beings is going to be imperfect by design, by definition. So this is a reality of life. So the hustle then is finding your place within the reality and learning how to thrive in the reality, despite the fact that it is not perfect. All right. Nowhere you go is the situation going to be perfect. You just got to learn to accept that is imperfect and decide what battles are worth fighting and which ones are not. And you do have to make a choice about this. Recap in today's class, which is knowing what the real game is. I told you where this came from. I saw this event that they were giving out this business success award when it wasn't really about business success at all. If you didn't give a good speech, you wouldn't win the award. It was a speech contest, but they can't say that because then the award wouldn't matter. Point number one, the real game is really what you are shown on the surface. There are often many things happening in the background and underneath the pretty picture that is really what's happening. And you need to understand what the real thing is, because that's the game you should be playing if you're trying to win. Point number two, real game is often obvious when you know where to look. Yet that real game still remains unspoken because it doesn't sound as good, it's not as sexy, and it can't be packaged up as neatly as the alleged game that's being told to everybody. So you look at the educational system, you look at the judicial system, There are other mechanisms working underneath the surface that don't get spoken about out loud that are really controlling why the systems are the systems. So when people complain about the surface stuff on the system, they're not understanding what's really taking place. You got to talk about the real system. And point number three, your job is to understand both the real game and the surface game because you need to be good at playing both games and understand if you point out what's going on on the surface, you're going to deal with some backlash. There's going to be some pushback. So make sure you have thought that out before you do it. This requires a deft balance of political maneuvering skills and just knowing when to point something out and when to act like you didn't see it, because this is going to happen in life. There are 8 billion imperfect humans out here running things in life, including yourself and myself. If you point out every imperfection that you see or every piece of bullshit you see, you will drive yourself crazy. So you got to pick and choose and just know when to use energy and when not to. All that said, text me to get my daily motivation for free straight to your phone every day. My number is 305-384-6894. Those of you who want to make more money in your business, I got a five-step system to help you do it in 90 days or less. Go to workonyourgame.net. Training is completely free. to set aside 45 minutes of your time. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.